Okay, I'm starting to record as you just, it. Right, you can just leave it like that. And, and okay. Do, uh, you have your microphone on, on your collar, right? So you have it mm -hmm. tagged on there. So it's right here. Two. Beautiful, beautiful, very nice. Okay, so we have people are uh, in the waiting room now. Uh, what I'll do is I'll just admit them. You can say hi to them while they're coming on board. I'll stop my video. Hello everyone. Welcome. Welcome. Hello, Dr. Berg. Berg, how are you doing? I'm well. I'm so enjoying this beautiful weather. Yes. <laughs> Sunshine, huh? Yes. Little purple flowers are popping up in my yard. <laughs> it's really nice. So I guess we'll wait a few minutes to see if some more people come on. And um, in the meantime, does anybody have anything they want to share or say or ask? Well, not right now. <laughs> not right now. Okay. <laughs> Yes, people are coming on now, more people. Oh, it's so lovely to see people's beautiful faces. These smiles are so wonderful. It's a very good, it's a beautiful, positive energy, you know, being with everybody. Yeah, it is. It is. And there's something about seeing people and then being able to just allow the smile of recognition of, I don't know, letting go into some sense of peace um, happen. There's um, a beautiful saying, Um, Thich Nhat Hanh, it's a little meditation and it goes breathing in, I'm alive, breathing out, I smile. So simple, right? So easy to remember and such a beautiful, beautiful thing, really. Yeah, I've heard in some of his um, his uh, talks with Oprah and he's amazing. Isn't he? He makes things so simple and so clear. So clear, very simple, and very basic. Yeah. As in, this is, we were created to be able to do this. <laughs> if we can just relax and let it happen. I since learned, since I um, heard him offer that little meditation, you know, breathing in, I'm alive. Breathing out, I smile. I'm trying to turn so I can hear this. Can you help? Um, so I since learn that, uh, okay, I'm unmuted now, right? Can you guys wave if you hear it? Good, good. 
that we have energy channels all over our body, but there are some that come up the back of our neck and they kind of go like this. And so it's very easy for energy that comes up that, those channels to get constricted because the, you know, the up and the down ones make this like hook around each other. And um, literally when we smile, that muscle that lifts up the sides of our mouth releases the tension on that those energy channels in the back of our neck. So there's this whole flood of energy actually coming up and through our body with the simple act of smiling. So nice. Okay, we have a lot of people. We're a few minutes. Debbie, we missed you last week. <laughs> um, we're a few minutes after seven, so um, I want to welcome everybody and tell you thank you so much for coming and joining this group tonight. We, we always <clears throat> lift our consciousness when we come together with the motivation to understand more about what it means to be human, what it means to be on this planet, and to find out just more and more information about how being human works. And then we come together and share with each other, and each person sharing expands everybody else's consciousness just a little more, just a little more. So in that joining of our energies of listening and responding and reaching out, we create this beautiful vortex with the intention to empower ourselves, basically to make our lives and the world we live in more like the world we really want to live in. There's a quote about be the world, be what you want to see in the world, right? Be what you want to see in the world. And over the years, I've come to feel that what that one way to understand that is to figure out what, what is it I would like from my interactions in the world. And, you know, on a very simple level, kindness. It's really important to me, and when I can make the choice to be kind in whatever way it is, to, you know, pet a dog that walks by me, to now with masks, it doesn't matter whether I smile, except I'm learning. You can kind of see the smile creases up here above the mask, so if you're looking for it, you can see the smile, even when we're masked up. Um, but to just say a hello, how are you today? I may never see that person again, but that simple act of recognition of humanity that we share and the desire for us to just be kind to each other in this world. And it's a very powerful thing, you know, to figure out what would I like to see in the world? What do I want from the world? And to find a way to be that. And, um, Starting simple makes it a lot more doable, but then it grows. 
So I'm going to start tonight with a gathering meditation. And the reason I do that is it helps us all to just come into an awareness of our bodies. And typically our breath starts to slow. And when that happens, you know, all of these chemicals are released in our body to just begin to deepen that, that relaxation and to feel aware and comfortable in our bodies. And when we do it together, all at the same time, even though we're not in the same room, um, we're still creating an energy field that includes all of us, so it's uplifted by everyone. And the beginning meditation kind of just all draws us into the same mindset the same perhaps intentions and then I wanted to talk to you about emotions tonight just give you some information um, perhaps some of it will be new and empowering for you and then I hope that we all are able to just share with each other some thoughts some experiences questions whatever and we'll end with our blessing to the planet <laughs> our ohms. So let's just all find a comfortable spot. Let yourself sit in a way that your back is straight. It helps the energy to flow up and down the central channel with the in and the out breath. And then gently, softly, let your eyelids come down. And if you feel comfortable with your eyes closed, do so. If you like to leave them open just a little bit, just lower your gaze down to your knees if you're sitting, the floor. And begin to focus your attention on your breath, drawing the awareness from the outside world back into your own precious body. Feeling the breath, the air coming into the body, flowing in through the nostrils, filling the belly and the chest, and then turning around and flowing out. at your own pace, easy, soft, in, out of the breath. If you get distracted by a thought or a sound, simply acknowledge thought, sound. Perhaps it's a feeling in your body, note it, and then return to the breath. The in and the out of the life force. Knowing that that energy enters all of our cells, nourishing them, enlivening them. 
your attention to flow down to your feet. See if you can feel the energy in the soles of your feet. So many nerve points in the soles of our feet. So sensitive. And letting the energy, your awareness of energy, expand to your whole foot. Moving up the legs, to the knees, the upper legs, your sits bones, the bottom of your spine, your pelvic bowl, feeling the tops of your legs touching the chair your body's weight being supported by the chair, chair being supported by the floor, the floor being supported by the earth, all within the field of gravity, holding us secure in this moment, in this place. With your next breath, just check in what's going on with your lower belly, your lower back. Your mid-back, your upper belly, your chest around your shoulder blades, check in with your hands, your arms, your shoulders, your neck, and now up to the jaw. Can you breathe into that area and just relax a little more? Your mouth, your lips. Let your tongue grow heavy. The top of your mouth relax. muscles around the eyes, allowing your eyeballs to relax, your forehead, top of your head, your whole scalp. And now returning to the breath, feeling the in and out of your breath. And take a moment to see if there's any place in your body you'd like to relax even further. And with your intention, 
in your imagination. Direct the next breath to that place. Filling that part of your body with the energy of life. And when you exhale, give your body permission to release any tension or stress that it's ready to let go. Letting the out breath just carry it away, making room for more relaxation, more vitality to be brought by the next breath. And take a moment just give your body what it needs through the breath through your next few breaths knowing that our thoughts are very powerful and that the cells of our body hear all of our thoughts and respond to them And before we leave, let's just use the imagination to imagine every single cell in the body, in the nucleus, as a sparkle of light is at, at its core. The sparkle of the life force. And if you'd like, imagine each in-breath is feeding that light, letting it get brighter, stronger. And as you exhale, spread that light out throughout the whole cell, the energy field surrounding the cell. Feeding the light with the in-breath, spreading it with the out-breath. And see in your mind's eye, your body filled with radiant light. Each cell responding to the breath, responding to the thoughts, the direction of your imagination filling your body with light. And taking a few more breaths, begin the process of letting your awareness move from breath and body to the space around you. When you're ready, you can open your eyes and look at the screen in front of you. And if it feels right, just smile. Letting that smile deepen your sense of peace and relaxation 
the rightness of being here right now in this moment. We were meant to be here. We were meant to help the world grow in the awareness of love. And we come together on these evenings to support each other and to our support ourselves in this life's work. Moving your fingers and toes. Taking a deep breath and opening your eyes. Okay. It's so nice to remember that I'm made up of millions of cells <laughs> and each one of them is alive and each one of them has a consciousness and what I think and what I say affects my cells. And the more we can remember that, the more we can begin to fashion the body we want to have. Because we recognize how precious these bodies are we understand that we really love our bodies and we can start with right here right now the way they are in this moment and with such such gratitude feed them with thoughts of love and care and support and empowerment it's our breath we can use it to help us build stronger healthier more vibrant bodies so I'm calling this evening the talk, the things I'm going to share with you, set your emotions free. Um, again, I think I start this almost every week. Everything is energy and there are different types of energy. Um, and the different types of energy obey different laws because they have different natures. So maybe it's not so much the laws of energy, but it's the nature of energy. And our physical form or our body is, because it's form, it's a more dense form of energy. And the physical body follows the laws of the space-time continuum and gravity. Because it's form, it is its nature is such that it responds to this space-time continuum we have and also the gravity on the planet. So for an example is when I experience physical pain, right? I experience it in my body. Um, an example could be I cut my finger making salad for dinner and that cut occurs on my physical body something happens to the form that i call my body and it's located in physical space you know my, right now my body's in this chair when i cut my finger it was standing at the kitchen sink with a cutting board in front of it and a too sharp knife or a sharp knife and it the cut occurred at a specific time when the knife hit the skin and continued downward and separated the skin. 
and it will also take a period of time for that cut to heal because my body is within the context of this space-time continuum. However, mental energy or our thoughts are just flowing all the time, consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously. And our thoughts can be about the past, the present, or the future that our thoughts are not bounded by the laws of space or time. So we can think a thought about something that's never happened but might happen in, a, in the future. We can catch ourselves thinking about something that happened in the past, not even the recent past. Every once in a while, you'll just start thinking about something that happened in the first grade or at another time, right? And the reason I say that the nature of mental energy is it's not bound by space and time is because the thoughts we have don't necessarily, are not necessarily linked by what's going on in the immediate present of space and time. And also in the same way, emotional energy is a different, it's not, held in the same way that the energy of our bodies or physical forms are held. And we know that our emotions can come flowing in at any moment and can be about anything, not even necessarily what's happening in the moment. Something in the moment can trigger a response to that and all of a sudden this big emotion might show up. You know, I don't know whether you've ever been in a situation where somebody said, wow, you really overreacted to that. What, happened in, what happens in those situations is something happens, you know, in the space-time continuum, my body senses take it in, but then all of a sudden it triggers not even necessarily a conscious memory, but it triggers energy that's been repressed from other times. And so maybe we get more angry than the situation might call for. Or maybe we might become so much more sad than anybody would have imagined we would become. This is because these energies are around us and they can come flowing out at any time. And particularly with our emotions, they're very elusive and they're really hard to pin down an exact meaning. You know, when we, when I ask you, what do you mean by anger? We can give lots of examples of things, but what is anger really? It's a really big discussion to try and get more and more understanding about this anger, this emotional energy. But we, we, we know we have emotions. We don't doubt that we have emotions, even though we can't pin it down and define it and pick it up and look at it and move it around. And historically, we t we're taught that some emotions are bad and some emotions are good. You know, if you heard me speak before, I talk about, it's easier for me to talk about emotions being more contracted or more expanded because it kind of takes us out of that ethical judgment about good and bad emotions. Um, and I always have to follow up with that about emotions can 
lead to actions that can hurt us or others or can benefit us or others. So it's not the emotion, the energy of emotion that's good or bad. And in the past, I think in the Western culture, there have been ways in which emotions were rated um, less important, less valid than critical thinking. Critical thinking was supposedly the gold standard, right? Stop being so emotional and start thinking straight. However, we have learned <clears throat> over time, and I think probably beginning with the res uh, Renaissance, many artists tried to start bringing into their paintings, their sculptures, what it would look like if someone was experiencing a particular emotion in the moment of the painting. So, but today we have learned enough from the ancient practices of many cultures, the East has excelled in this, of being able to look within instead of always looking outside of ourselves for the answers to things. And this movement now, it's very big, it, the mindfulness movement, you know, the ability to train your mind to be able to focus on something, an anchor, let's just say your breath. And then when we're interrupted by a thought when that concentration is interrupted to be able to look at the thought, identify, oh, that's a thought, and then come back to the discipline of staying concentrated on the breath. And this is such a powerful, powerful technique because as we learn to notice a thought and thoughts that are filled with emotions, we notice the emotion, we, in that nanosecond of noticing, recognizing thought, emotion, before the judgment clicks in, oh, this is good or this is bad, we get to learn how our minds work. We get to learn what this flow of thought or this energy of emotion looks like, I mean, perhaps not looks like, but feels like, we recognize, oh, right, this is the thinking that leads to whatever. But we get to know ourselves from the inside out. And this is a very, very powerful tool to move forward in life because when we can choose what we want to focus on, we begin to be able to choose how we want to act with a great deal more power. So instead of being a slave to whatever's going on around me and whatever you know, thought and emotion that evokes, I can learn, oh, this feels like anger. This is sadness. This is whatever. And in that moment, without any judgment about whether anger or sadness is good or bad, we can choose, where do I want to go with this? Do I want to pay more attention to this 
thought and these emotions and our emotions register in our body and then our body supports what we're thinking and then our mind supports what we're feeling so there's this very powerful cycle of thought and feeling in the body and it makes us so much more masterful in terms of using our body to know more about ourselves and using our minds to be aware of what it is that's flowing, this flow of consciousness in the form of thoughts that's always going on and have the discipline to choose what we're going to focus on and therefore have a lot more power in terms of how we're going to be in the world. And in terms of just, I mentioned that um, emotions register in our body, so thoughts that are very emotionally laden. Just think about um, anger and see if you can't know that your jaw might clench, your muscles might tighten when you're angry. That's what I mean by showing up in your body. Or if you're indifferent, you know, this, this your body just kind of expands, so what, right? So your body is connected in some way with these thoughts, especially if they have a, a heavy emotional component. And when we're happy, we smile, you know? The, we don't have to think about, oh, now I have to smile. Or maybe we do, but it's a different kind of smile than the one that just comes from seeing someone who makes you happy when you see them. So this is all a part of us and we have the ability to overcome kind of the conditioning that we have that some emotions are bad, others are good, we should um, move away from certain kinds of emotions or maybe even all emotions are irrational and we need to start you you know stop being so emotional and start using our um, cerebral cortex to have critical thought about the situation um, I don't know how many times in my life I've heard anger is bad you must calm down now and stop being so emotional and this leads you know this some emotions are good and some emotions are bad leads us to have this push and pull with our emotions because if we're in a human body we're going to have emotions. They come together. <laughs> Human bodies and emotions come together. And so we have this flow of emotions going through us. And if we're continually judging, oh, this is bad, I shouldn't be feeling this, doesn't mean the emotion's going to go away. It means it's going to get suppressed. And that's what fuels what we call these overreactions. Because every time I push my anger or my frustration down, and say, no, no, that's bad. I move away from it. My, I try and move my consciousness away from it or I try and make my behavior different than what the emotion is telling me. Um, I, I, I did some notes here. Um, when we keep a lid on our anger, Eventually we explode, you know, we overreact to something. All of a sudden something happens and there's this 
of emotion and it's not so much because you tripped over the dog on the way in it's because you had a really awful day all day but you were in a situation where you couldn't or didn't care to express your anger and you just kept pushing it down and pushing it down and judging it more than anything else um, we pretend to be interested when we're not and then after we're out of the situation we grumble and badmouth the person we were listening to to somebody else right um, we deny our passions and then we become we have this silent self-pity oh I don't ever get to do what I'm passionate about or be with the people I'm passionate about so all of this is about our emotions are here they're part of who we are and if we can learn to be present to them without judging them just acknowledge oh yeah this is the energy of sadness or oh I'm really frustrated I want to get out of this classroom you know just acknowledge that's how I feel in this moment this is neither good nor mad this is information and when I can see it in that kind of neutral way then I can decide what to do about it how to act on it and we end up being much kinder to ourselves and others when we're able to be aware of what our emotions are without judgment and pushing them down or away um, I need to say that emotions can get out of control and lead to very bad choices and hurtful, if not unsafe, behaviors. So yes, emotions uh, are like fuel to a fire if we let them be. But if we can acknowledge them for what they are, we're still in that place of not being sucked into the vortex of the emotion or the tornado of the emotion and we can choose hey I'm gonna to go to the tornado shelter now or I'm going to say something as kindly as I know how to say it but this is not right this shouldn't be happening in this way in my opinion instead of lashing out with our words or with our actions all right where am I here <laughs> I wrote something down that says simply being alive evokes emotions we experience emotions one after another after another every day they're a part of us and we can recognize them without judging the emotion or ourselves it seems to me that when judgment is appropriate is after we've recognized what we're feeling and we've understood should I pay a bit more attention to this and learn why I'm, you know, learn what this emotion is telling me? Or should I just focus on something else like my breath in this moment? We really become much fuller and much richer and we become kinder to ourselves. You know, emotions are energy. I am not an angry person, right? I am not a fearful person, which takes a lot of courage to say, because I know in my life I experience fear, 
right? But fear doesn't have to be a bad emotion. Sometimes fear helps me to understand that I need to make a choice that I'm not particularly uh, happy about making, but it's going to keep me or those that I love safe. And so I'll make the choice, not so much out of the fear, but understanding that the fear is saying, look, the consequences of doing this thing could result in this way. The consequences of doing this thing can result in other um, things happening. And I can be in a place of relative calm to choose which one of those actions to take. Based on the fact that I could experience fear, know it was fear, and understand that's just part of being human. Every human being goes through this. And without having to judge myself or the emotion, the emotion can educate me about something that's happening and offer me an opportunity to make some choices from a place of calm, even when the emotion is not a calm one. So I would really like people to unmute themselves and offer some thoughts, some reactions, some questions, some experiences with your emotions. If anything that you heard tonight might be of some help to you in dealing with your emotions, I think we're living in a time now where fear is all around us, you know, and to, and, and here we are, we're still here, right? A, a year after lockdown and, but still, you know, what do I do? How much do I go out? How, how do I interact when I go out? There's fear embedded in all of those questions that I can ask myself, or fear can be elicited when I think about the, the consequences of certain things that I have no control over right now. So, share, please. How are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing good. good. I wanted to share something with you and try to find, kind of see if there's a, you know, how I should re, uh, how I should deal with it. Not react is not the correct word. So today I heard in the news that there are 400,000 children in Yemen who are actually suffering from malnutrition yeah. and they were showing these kids who have not gained any weight some kids are dying because they are so weak yes um so it has really impacted me yes yes and you and know of course i'm trying my best there's you know thinking okay what can i do you know, how can I help? Maybe I can pray. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how can I deal with this emotion. Okay, so I would like to encourage you to just, maybe not so much right now, but, but to give yourself permission to feel the sadness, right? It, 
I think it's easy to have sadness evoked in us, especially when it comes to children. Um, and I think there's a reason that sadness is evoked in human beings because it can teach us something. And if we run away from it too fast, perhaps we don't take full advantage of the lesson that the experience is, or the emotion is offering to us in the moment. So, tell me more about how you, you said you'd like to know more about how to deal with this sadness. Is that correct? Obviously, when I'm thinking, like it's it's kind of in my it's a shouldn't say continuous thought, but it comes back into yes. my thought process the way I've seen it, and and I don't want to ignore it. I know it's you know that's me and you know how it's impacting me, but I'm trying to figure out um, like what is the best way because it has really impacted me and how. What is the best way for me to deal with this? Well, there, last week I spoke about how you can have um, empathy, right? And when, you ha when that's accompanied by an intention to act in, for the benefit of the other, not yourself, right? that that's how we avoid um, compassion burnout or compassion fatigue. So that critical, because it, when we have the intention to do something for the other, we activate totally different neural networks in our body. And when you said, perhaps I can pray, absolutely. You know, give yourself permission to feel the feeling, to recognize this is part of being a human being. This, I mean, compassion for others, I think, is one of the most essential parts of a full, a fully formed human being. So you have this compassion, you recognize you're part of the human race, right? humankind and and you give yourself permission to evaluate the thoughts that come up prayer is beautiful and it can be immediate just in the moment when you even think of it um, if you feel comfortable doing it you can send your compassion and love to those children through your intention, right? Because compassion and love are an energy and they're not bound by the space-time continuum, right? So they, I believe, I have a belief system that includes that when I intend for my energy to go someplace, it actually does. Um, then perhaps maybe you do some research on the computer. You, do you know what I mean? To see if anybody's specifically got some funds that uh, that you can trust 
that's what I was also thinking about. Yeah, and you can do all of them, right? If you have a daily practice where you have prayer and meditation, perhaps you add the children to that, the, the Yemenese children to that practice for the next 30 days, 40 days, right? Thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for coming forward and all sharing that with us. It was a beautiful example. Thank you. Okay, who's next? I guess you're making me aware tonight to look at the emotion that comes with certain thoughts and in certain circumstances. And as you're saying, try to use them to your advantage to do the best in a situation. Yes. When Am I, I say that right? Yes, that's beautifully said. It's our thoughts and, and our emotions, right? Because we typically don't have emotions without thoughts. <laughs> so... Um, right. They're there to teach us something. They're there to expand our awareness. But if we're busy being afraid of judging or running away from certain emotions, one, they're not going away. They're going underground, basically, to reemerge at a different time with shocking intensity that we don't know what happened to us, right? Um, and two, we miss the opportunity to perhaps learn more about ourselves. So the trick is because we've been so conditioned to judge our thoughts, our emotions, ourselves. You know, we've talked about the brain so much, it's got this negativity bias. So we're always looking for what's going wrong or what yeah. can go wrong, right? So we have been conditioned to be afraid of certain emotions or not just to judge the emotion as bad or not helpful, but to judge ourselves as bad for even getting angry, right? But th think about there are times in the world when anger is appropriate, right? If you... You may have heard me tell this story. I used to walk around a beautiful pond that was close to my house when I lived in upstate New York. And so I got to know the geese, the ducks, the, do you know what I mean? I got to know the life of the pond. Mm -hmm. And one day I came around the corner, the bend in the pond, I was walking the dogs and I saw some kids. It looked like they were about anywhere from nine to 12 maybe, and they had bicycles there. And they were throwing rocks at the baby ducks. Now, this was a group of baby ducks whose mother had been eaten by the giant turtle that also lived in the pond. So they were orphan ducks. And a number of us were feeding them and you know building little shelters for them so they didn't have to be totally on their own. And, and I got angry. You know, it's like, this is not right, these poor little ducks, whatever. And um, between the time I saw it and got to the kids, 
I had enough presence of mind to recognize the anger and to not judge it and to just talk to the kids about, you know, these ducks are orphans and they're having a hard enough time anyway. And when you throw rocks at them, it's really, really a hard thing. And I don't know what the kids thought. I know that they said, oh yeah, that's not good. They should be able to be okay, you know? And they hopped on their bikes and rode away. So that's just a very simple kind of mundane example. There are times when anger is an absolutely appropriate response to a situation. And if we can allow ourselves to say, yeah, this is, anger energy that I'm feeling without thinking we're bad or the anger is bad the anger can help direct us to maybe help the baby ducks survive right and think about all the injustice in the world think about Yemen who's been in a civil war for I don't know how long forever it seems like how long six years yes and these children right innocents are starving to death because all the aid that's going into the country is being hijacked so anger could be you know compassion sadness yes but anger could also be a, a, a an emotion that could be evoked by that situation right and but being able to be let the anger be present you know, and not judge yourself or the anger to allow the anger perhaps to show you something that you want to do or you are more aware of and want to know more about, right? And gives you, when you don't judge it, it gives you the opportunity to make a real choice because you know, if I'd have just been angry and mumbled and grumbled to myself about it, it would not have served me at all. It certainly wouldn't have served the children who, whether they got the information and used it humanely or not, but it would have deprived them of that opportunity to learn something more that they didn't already know or they wouldn't be trying to hurt the ducks. So does that make sense for you? Yeah, that's a very good example. Okay, thank you for bringing it up. You know, and this is one of those long-term works in progress, right? We're overcoming a whole lifetime of a mindset of judging certain emotions as bad. And we're running away from them. We're trying to suppress them. We're judging ourselves for having them. Mm -hmm. not the most efficient way to use our consciousness right and so often overreacting well yeah so, yeah control. so you shouldn't have, you shouldn't overreact if you have more control yes and it's hard to control in the sense of being able to be present and recognize what my choices are as opposed to control, I'm going to shove this anger so deep inside of me I never have to feel it again. Good luck with that.
equanimity, equanimity, equanimous, right? Equanimity, I think, is the ability to be present with strong experiences and not be hijacked by them. I'll look that one up. <laughs> Equanimity, yeah, that's one of the big words. <laughs> okay, who's next? Come on, we have a couple of minutes. I'd like to hear from somebody else. I see these lovely smiling faces. <laughs> Can I hear some smiling voices? <laughs> ah, look who's here. So, uh, ah. so uh, good, good evening, Dr. Berman. Uh, good very evening. nice presentation. I just have a quick question for you. You just talked about equanimity. <laughs> what is the difference between equanimity, like a real balance and, you know, with the flux of things going on, and, and a state of just being dull? How would you differentiate equanimity and dullness? I would say that on an energy continuum, dullness is very contracted and equanimity is very expansive. So equanimity, in, in the sense that I'm thinking of it, is the ability to be aware of so much and not feel compelled to do any one thing in the moment, but to be able to take it all in and make a choice of moving forward with power, the power of my own determination. Dullness is just shutting everything out. I can't cope with it. You know, I wanna pull the covers up over my head and not ever get out of bed. I think that on some level there, you know, two, two ends of a continuum, two different ends. So the energy flows quite differently in both of them. Yeah, the energy's, I think just being dull, right? There's not a whole lot of energy moving there. Right, right, exactly. And in equanimity, even though you're not like, you know, dancing wildly with inequanimity, you're so aware of so much and able to pull it all together in a way that you can make choices about how to go forward. Right, because it, it kind of seems to me that there's a confusion that most people have, you know, about just being steady. And then that, that kind of is translated as just, well, okay, now what? If I'm just steady, then what? Because we're so used to so much stimulation all the time. So there's that difference I think. Well I think just hearing you say that what I would say is in equanimity the there's a great deal of integration going on you know integration of feeling fact all knowledge that I can bring to it so there's an integration where in dullness I don't experience any integration I experience just a withdrawal, basically. So, so it, just to follow up on that, in just a couple of minutes left, if there is that kind of withdrawal, how does one detect that? And then how does one move out of it? How do you detect that you're withdrawing? I think you recognize it. Our nature is to be gregarious. Our nature is to be interactive. And we recognize after a certain point when we're not, um, unless we've dealt ourselves 
artificially with drugs, alcohol, uh, watching, binge watching too much bad television. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Give other people a chance to ask anything they want to ask. <laughs> Anybody else? If you want to speak, please unmute. Can I speak now? Can yes, you, you may, oh, please. Okay. All right. Yes. Now, anyway, this is my first time here. My my wife's name is Lorraine. My name is Joe. And we both signed up, but my name is Joe. So, well, Joe, uh, welcome. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I, um, I was very helped. Uh, by the way, one of the issues I have is how do I deal with somebody who comes at me in a very angry mood? And you helped me. What, what you helped me with was to see that my initial reaction, instead of focusing on how I'm feeling, is I judge that person. Yeah. And I'm trying to look and see, you know, what's wrong? Why does he feel this way or whatever? And so I'm gonna to try to see when that happens, if I can focus on what, what I'm feeling there. But I never thought about that before. Yeah, yeah, because so he- that's, that's, uh, that's really good, because that, that happens to me often. Well, usually what I do, which is inadequate in some ways, is that I'll just forget about the anger that he has, just wipe that out and try to direct something that's more more to the good, that I can learn something about why. And a lot of things happen. Uh, when I was growing up in my family, I saw a lot of anger. So that, I think that has a part that just tracks along with me. Yes. My 78 years old now, but anyway, um, I, I, and recognizing that, but that's the first time I've seen that. So I, I appreciate that insight. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad that, that it's helpful. And to just add one thing, <clears throat> our locus of control, where we have control, is what we do and say and think, right? So in being able to be more aware of whether you're judging something, it gives you some power to understand more about what you can do and say in the situation to have a greater probability of the outcome you want to have, right? We, which is to reduce the anger in the interaction. Well, that's another part of it, yes. I, I have yes. to counterweight that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. take up too much time. I, I, I want to say something, and I'm very bad at, at pronunciation. My excuse is when I, I never went to kindergarten, so I never had phonetics. But anyway, but the, the, the woman who was talking about Yemen, she reminded me, and this this hasn't happened very often, but it did happen to me once. I was feeling very sad and sorry for. There was a documentary showing the children after Tsunami in Japan. And they were scouring the seashore to try to find things. And it was assumed that they were parents. And I somehow, with the Spirit's help, I placed myself with them. And I felt, I still feel it now when I'm talking about it, that they could, they knew that someone was praying with them. Oh, and how it was beautiful. was a fantastic sensation. So that, that's another thing that we might do. I mean, we... The reality of it is, you know, by ourselves, we're very weak. 
but but with the spirit, the God, whatever we want to call, we can do very powerful things. And it's just a reminder that I have, you know, like with mothers, they're very sensitive. Something's going on. Something's wrong with my child. And many times they're right. There's this electrical field that connects us, you know. But uh, yes. Anyway, I just just thought I'd mention that. Thank you so much. That's really beautiful. And I, I also thank you for your energy that you sent to the children after the tsunami. Mm -hmm. I have total faith that your presence there with them energetically helped them. Yes, I think so too. I actually thought I saw her smile. Mm, <laughs> how beautiful. Well, it's time for us to say goodbye. Saying goodbye is hard when you're having a good time. I always have a good time with you guys. So let's, for the newcomers, we end the Wednesday night with a blessing to the world and all of the life forms on the planet. And we do it with intoning the word OM and sending the energy out through the palms of our hands to bless the earth and to thank her for being our home. So we'll do three ohms. Get your hands energized in breath. Oh. In breath. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here this evening. And I, uh, somebody sent me a little heart. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'll see you all again next week. Have a beautiful week. Thank you. You thank are thank you. you. Thank you so much. Let thank your you. emotions be your friends, <laughs> your educators. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs>